By now, most people know that laser pointers are not great for dogs. Actually, they're potentially dangerous for dogs. But are there other stimulants that can possibly cause just as much neurological damage as a laser pointer? Well, in today's episode, we're going to dive into some of those that could possibly be causing some issues as well. And we'll go over that next. Welcome to this week's episode. We're going to jump into this just in a second, but of course, this is brought to you by OnDogTrainingAcademy.com. It is an online course-driven website, so if you're interested in taking some courses that maybe would cover some things that you would not get in a normal class, definitely jump over to OnDogTrainingAcademy.com, hit that subscribe button, and fill out your information, and we will send you notifications when these courses will drop. Uh, We're we're aiming for August, um, potentially September, depending on a few things, but that's when we're hoping to start getting some courses rolling out. So definitely check that out, subscribe, get on that email list. I promise, like always, we will not be bombarding you with tons of emails. So let's, uh, well, let me just say one more thing. If, uh, If you haven't yet, and judging by the amount of people on the Facebook page, most of you haven't, jump over to our Facebook page, uh, it's the Learn, Laugh, Bark podcast, and I will put a link in the description so you guys can just head right over there and like the page. But more importantly, I put a thread there that will allow you guys to be able to comment on what you would like me to talk about. If you have some ideas on some things you would like us to cover here, we are more than willing to appease our audience. So definitely make sure that you tell me what you're thinking. What would you like us to talk about? What would you, what would you like us to go over? Because honestly, we're pretty fluid with that. We're willing to to cover stuff if it needs to get covered and and you know decide kind of on the fly. Like, uh, like today's episode, or this week's episode, I should say. This week's episode is going to be talking about neurological damage that we could be causing just through some actions that maybe we're not uh, all aware of necessarily. And, and like I said in the, in the intro, most of us know about the laser pointer. You know, if, if you're not familiar with it, a quick Google search of like laser pointer syndrome or the damages that laser pointers can cause or whatever you want to do, you, you'll see just an, a billion different articles on why laser pointers suck for dogs and what it can really do to your dog uh, and cause basically like irreversible damage to them neurologically. Um, Basically, I'll just do a quick overview of this for people who maybe aren't aware. Uh, Laser pointers have been kind of glorified in probably the last 20 years or so um, as a way to exercise your dog. You point it, your dog chases it, you move it, your dog chases it, you move it, your dog chases it. Over and over and over. And I know there's some people who might comment and say, well, I use it to send my dog to a certain location. But I have a feeling that is the very few and far from most of us. Most people that I've dealt with, actually, I would pretty much say all people that I've dealt with, when it comes to laser pointers, are using it as a way to exercise their dogs. And I just, the biggest issue with laser pointers, in a nutshell, is the lack of being able to get that thing 
right? It's that frustration that it built. So the dog is constantly seeing and chasing and never getting rewarded with the opportunity of catching that laser pointer or that beam. And what it starts to do is it starts to, to build this OCD where even when you're not playing with it, your dog's looking for it because it's frustrated. Your dog's frustrated because they can't catch it. And so they're always hunting for it. And then it goes from laser pointers to like reflections off of your watch or off of your phone. Dog sees that and starts to get it stimulated. So you get a dog that never can settle, is always seemingly busy looking, hunting, trying to find that thing. And any little bit of flash, any little bit of reflection, um, the dog is instantly tuned into where that is and trying to get it, whether it's jumping at a wall or whatever. It creates a dog who's very, very separated from their people, in my opinion, because they're only half paying attention because they're, they're so focused on trying to see if that laser is going to pop up at any time. So if you have a laser and you're playing with your dog, stop immediately. If you don't have a laser, keep it that way. You know, if you have a laser, take it, smash it with a hammer, throw it into a fire pit, pour gasoline on it, and then maybe throw some tannerite on top of it and shoot it and blow it up so it never sees the light of day ever again. That's what I feel about those, if you can't tell. But, so, laser pointers, like I said, most of us know about this. But let's talk about some other things. And this is something that I've seen popping up more lately that I actually feel is is worth talking about um, at least a little bit. And that is constant stimulation. I do feel like when it comes to dogs, a constant stimulant is going to have maybe neurologically, I don't know. I don't think, I, I just can't find enough research on this yet. This is something that I've, I'm sure the trainers will probably be like, yeah, I've thought of this too. But like, it's just something I've been kind of rolling around in my brain and I want to put it out there for everybody to kind of think about it because these are things that I am not reading about, but I am seeing in person. I am watching dogs suffer from these issues. So basically, you ever see a dog that just can't settle? Always has to be busy. Always needs to be doing something. Um, And you kind of wonder like, well, why is that? Why is that? Now, there are some dogs who are just kind of born that way. They have that that hyper anxiety or whatever you want to call it. And they just can't settle. But there's been a lot of dogs lately that I'm seeing that are, are, it almost seems like things are either creating it or feeding it. You know, um, the biggest one that I see is, and I feel like this probably affects certain breeds more, like your herding breeds, your hunting breeds, dogs that are trained to be or designed to be a little bit more vigilant and kind of see things as they're happening and be more of aware of everything that's going on. I find it affects them more. But in the end, if you have a Chihuahua or a Basset Hound or a Great Dane or a German Shepherd or a Labrador or a Pointer or whatever, to me it doesn't matter because the potential of, of, of this stuff popping up is, it's, it's, there's a good chance of it. So the biggest one I see is people who are leaving their dogs out for extremely long periods of time outside. And so they let their dogs out. And, and just as a little side note here, this does not apply to dogs who are like farm dogs or anything like that, that their job is to be outside all the time with the flock, guarding, whatever. That's their job. That's what they do. Fine. I'm talking about Joe Sixpack who just wants a pet dog or doing whatever. And he just is like, well, I, I say he, but whatever. You know, the, the owner is just like, well, I just let the dog outside. And then the dog just spends all day outside because why not? 
because I have a fence, because I have property, because I have land, whatever. We talked about the whole issue with that in a previous episode when we talked about letting your dog roam and having free run of everything and the damages that could be, that can cause, or the problem with that more or less. And But this dives in more neurologically. What I've been seeing a lot lately is people are letting their dogs be outside almost the entire day. And the 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 comments, the concerns, and, and even sometimes they're not even concerns. People just just say this is what's going on is the dog comes inside and immediately wants to go back outside. Or the dog needs something to do right away. Can't just lay down, can't just chill out, needs something to do right away. And and so it makes me start to think like, well, is this being created by being outside so much? You think about being outside. What is the dog doing? Yeah, dogs, I mean, they'll lay down, they'll, they'll sleep, but a lot of times there's constantly things going on around them. There's birds, there's squirrels, there's bugs, there's people, there's cars, there's bikes, you name it. There's stuff always going on around the dog. So the dog is constantly watching and observing and seeing and everything. Okay, and you bring the dog inside and that distraction is like near almost gone like there's nothing there and i see in some dogs it's actually causing an issue where the dog can't sit in quiet can't sit in unstimulated environments without starting to feel anxious and feeling like it needs to like find that stuff very similar to the laser pointer where the dog is like where's that laser pointer i know it's here somewhere dogs are like there's nothing going on what am i supposed to do with myself when there's nothing going on i can't watch the birds i can't watch the cars And then people are like, yeah, well, you know, but I let my dog in at night and he comes inside or she comes inside and and she sleeps and she's good and everything like that. Well, think about why that is. Like, why is the dog at night better than during the day? Well, in my opinion, it's obvious. You shut the lights off. So at night when things get dark, naturally stimulation sort of goes away. You can't see the cars as well. You people aren't driving. You don't see the other dogs because they're in the house. The birds usually aren't flying around. The bugs you can't see. So there's a lot of just things that are taken away. So the dog learns, okay, at night, I calm down. But during the day, I need to be on. I need to be watching. I need to see things. And I feel like, and I've observed in a few cases here where it is, or quite a few cases, I should say, where you bring the dog inside and the dog is just pacing, cannot settle, constantly looking out the windows. It's it's like the fear that they're missing out on something or just the fear that they are just the, the feeling of being calm is like gross and foreign to them. I think this can be almost also the same as like always constantly interacting with your dog. So like your dog comes up to you and telling them to just instead of telling them to just go away and lay down and kind of just chill out, you immediately interact. So your dog is constantly needing that interaction and when it's not getting interaction or play, it just doesn't know what to do with themselves. They've done studies with kids. Now, honestly, this is fairly different, but it's kind of where my brain goes. Where they've, they've talked about the problem with kids lately, or even adults now, is they're not allowed to be bored. Well, they're not allowed to be bored because they have devices, they have TVs, they're in sports, they're doing all these different things that just basically never allows them to just kind of hang out like just sit there and just be quiet for a little bit until they're tired and they want to go to sleep once they're tired and want to go to sleep even then still people are on their devices until they fall asleep so it's like that dependency on being busy 
is really bad right now. And I see, I see it not only in people, but dogs. So like with kids, they're saying kids should be bored because bored helps feed imagination and allows them to think and whatever. Um, you can research that all on your own if you'd like. But I feel like it, it's similar. It's obviously different because, you know, they don't, the dogs don't need to like have these big imaginations and like be thinking about stuff, whatever. But like at least being okay with just kind of hanging out and doing nothing during the day, I think is super, super important. So if you have a dog that's constantly outside, bring them inside sometimes. If they're an outside only dog, like I said before, fine, they stay outside. But if you have a dog that you would like to have be somewhat of an inside dog, somewhat of a pet dog that can just hang out with you, don't rely on outside as your babysitter. Don't say, well, I'm going to let the dog out and the dog can just go entertain itself because it's entertaining itself constantly and it's changing its brain. And at the very least, if it's not changing its brain, it's at least making everything else so much more interesting than being with you. Like a dog should be comfortable, like just hanging out with you, getting pet a little bit, but just hanging out with you. Like you should be that value. But if you're constantly letting your dog outside and your dog is spending you know, a ton of time out there, then they're just learning to entertain themselves in a sense that, in a way that I think is unhealthy. I like dogs to entertain themselves, but to this point, I think it's very, very negative. So having your dog outside, chasing birds, watching stuff, constantly seeing things that are going on, to me isn't a good thing. I think it does start, in some breeds especially, does start to create like this, this, um, neurological issues where the dog is just like always stimulated always looking for that thing just almost psychotic with like okay what's that what's that where's that oh and just looking at all these things so bring your dog inside sometimes during the day don't wait for night i explained that before bring your dog in let your dog you know bring them in hook them onto a leash if you have to have them lay down step on that leash hang out with them work in your office or watch TV or do whatever where the dog during the day is just chilling. Put them in their kennel during the day so the dog can just sit there and chill. And if your kennel is located somewhere where the dog can see outside, move it. Dogs don't need constant stimulation. Dogs need to shut it down sometimes. So just think about those things. Think about, and I'm sure there's going to be more, and maybe I'll do a future episode on this when I come up with more ideas. This is just something that's been popping up lately. Um, that I've been dealing with with clients and I just feel like it's something to just sort of talk about so you know you could take it with a grain of salt if you like but at the same time be aware like are, are there things you are doing are there things you are doing with your dog or to your dog that are creating these neurological issues and like things with the with the laser pointer like I mentioned that stuff is is hard if not almost impossible to reverse so it's really good to be aware of it and just be like, look, I want you to be on and play, but I also want you to be able to shut it off and chill. And at any time, I should be able to, to manage that. I should be able to be like, okay, we're going to play. Okay, we're done playing. Let's just hang out and be cool and not have the dog feel like they constantly have to be busy, constantly have to be doing stuff because it can lead to destructive behaviors, self-destructive behaviors, uh, vocalizations, you name it, dog could do it. So just kind of take the stuff that I just talked about. Maybe you're going to be like, well, this episode was boring or this episode was stupid, whatever. But this is the way my brain kind of works with certain things where I'm starting to think like there might be associations with different issues that I'm seeing and some common tendencies that I'm seeing with handlers, you know, the constant stimulation things. 
So just evaluate. I, I always do this with my own dog. Like we'll sit down and kind of evaluate our life and what we're doing and what issues we see in our dog and go, are we contributing to that? Because if your dog has certain issues that you don't like and you're trying to get rid of or trying to at least manage, you need to look at yourself as well and be like, well, am I part of the reason, most of the time the answer is yes, am I part of the reason that the dog is acting this way and what can I do to switch it around and make the dog more of what I want the dog to be or what I think the dog could be? So think about this stuff, guys. Hopefully this was helpful. Like I mentioned at the beginning, Check us out at ondogtrainingacademy.com. Also, go to Facebook, search for the Learn, Laugh, Bark podcast. Like that page, please, and start commenting on some stuff that you would like me to cover in future episodes. I have a huge list, and I will always have a huge list. The dog world is huge, fascinating, and full of stuff that we can talk about. And new things are going to be popping up constantly. So I won't ever run out of stuff, but I also want to make sure I'm keeping you guys happy with information that I'm putting out there. So if you want me to talk about something, jump on that Facebook page, say, hey, talk about this. And I will definitely consider it, look into it, and try to add it to a future episode. Thank you guys for listening this week. And like always, we'll see you in the next episode.